By the time you hear this podcast, you will know a little bit about the best kitty rapper in the world. I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing. song man it's just kind of weird uh Usher anyway. had bars man <laughs> Usher had bars <laughs> <laughs> them Usher bars uh so welcome to the by the time you hear this podcast i'm greg i'm ben and we're back with another episode a few days before christmas oh 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 so uh we're back with another episode thank you again for listening and subscribing and downloading but we want you to reach out to us still yeah you know we, we, we haven't gotten any feedback but the kids not, well, not a whole lot <laughs> hold them hostage you know so um yeah you can reach out to us on instagram uh at by the time you hear this with the letter u instead of the word u because we're urban exactly and yes. you can also Reach us at by the time you hear this with the same spelling at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook at by the time you hear this spelled with the word you. Yes. And also, um, what am I forgetting? Yes. You can subscribe to our podcast (laughs) on iTunes, Podomatic and the Satchel podcast player. Uh, Other streaming platforms. I'll I'll think about it. (laughs) Did we ever hear anything from the uh, artist that we reviewed? Um, did she say anything? I think she liked another one of our posts. Oh, (laughs) I think she liked another one of our posts. That's good. That means she doesn't hate us. That's good. Yeah. All right. We, we, we try to be constructive. So, you know, um, with our first indie Instagrammer of the week, Mm -hmm. um, you know, we, we will listen to a song for the very first time as a recording and we'll talk about it. We're going to be, I'm going to, I, at least, I don't know about Ben. Ben may be the Simon Cowell of the pair, <laughs> uh, but we're going to try to be constructive as possible. And, you know, you can take it or leave it. Uh, you can email us angrily or, um, or just contact us and say, I, I appreciate it. Don't or if you say up. nothing at all, then we'll just think we're right. No, yeah. right, right. <laughs> don't show up outside our jobs. Don't do that. <laughs> So, um, 
So, and we have another indie Instagrammer of the week that we can get to. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, we're going to start off with music news as we normally do. Um, I'm sorry, Eric, but uh, J. Cole has the number one album <laughs> for your eyes only. And does it uh, have no features? It has no features. <laughs> I think that's, uh, that's, the, that's the J. Cole way now. I, I don't know if he's ever going to have an album with features again. <laughs> So do you think like he he just wants to he's a control freak, just wants to do everything himself or does nobody want to work with him? I don't know. Some sometimes I think maybe he's disillusioned with what rap has become where like every song is a feature and like no one's I mean, like gone are the days of MC Hammer where you make an entire album on your own with no features, you know, please hammer don't hurt him. No feature. <laughs> I don't know why that came to mind. Just to give you a short list, or maybe he's very picky. Yeah, he's very picky with mm-hmm. who, who he may want to have as features. Going back, let's through his catalog. It's a very short list. Or he's got Missy Elliott, Drake, Jay Z, Trey Songs, uh, Janae Aiko, mm-hmm. Fifty Cent. I don't know who Baz is. Uh, James Fauntleroy, TLC, Kendrick Lamar, Amber Kaufman, Colts, and Miguel. Uh, that was his first two albums yeah, <laughs> and his last two, no features. I mean, maybe he took, didn't, cause I'm, if I remember correctly, isn't that what Kendrick Lamar kind of came out against on, um, the J electronica song about all the rappers just constantly featuring each other, like just being, I'm each not other's familiar songs. with that song. So I don't know. Oh yeah. He had a verse where he like basically went after every rapper, um, as everyone said in his weight class. And was like getting on them for using features. It was it's kind of funny. So, yeah. All right, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> <laughs> but still, no features. No features for J. Cole. Um, I guess that's the. It's supposed to be more impressive mm-hmm. that you did at least two verses on every song. Yeah, you wrote everything. He produces all of his own stuff, mm-hmm. as far as I know. So, uh, yeah, another successful number one album uh it's the third biggest debut of the year uh behind well actually it's it's the third different album to have the distinction of being the third biggest debut okay that's very specific the first one it was uh metallica's hardwired okay okay and then the next week it was the weekend starboy oh so right now j cole holds the number three spot and number two is Lemonade, and number one is Views. Okay, I can I can get on. I was gonna say music had a good fourth quarter, but never mind. Those were earlier in the year, so. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. So congratulations to J Cole, his fourth number one album. So each of his wide releases have been number one. Happy for. All right. Um, I still haven't listened to it, but uh, uh, check out the Switch Style podcast. They do a review of it. If you want to get a review of what somebody might think of of that album. I've never really listened to J. Cole. So even though he's supposed to be my kind of rapper, I guess the intellectual type of rapper. I mean, he's just I mean, he's just I don't know. I don't want to say he's the intellectual type of rapper because then I feel like that's insulting other rappers. But I mean, he's. His lyrics are a little bit smarter than your average rapper. Some people, I think, hate on him saying that he's the intellectual rapper, but they're saying it kind of tongue-in-cheek. 
kind of a backhanded compliment. They don't really think he's intelligent. They just say it. But because it's something to say. Yeah. It's like calling a, a black guy who can talk. Uh, he speaks saying he speaks, speaks so well. well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, he's he doesn't rap about you know. He doesn't really rap about like getting money and things like that. I don't know. Like he's just he's a little different. So. All right. You didn't sell me on listening to J. Cole, yeah. by the way. Yeah, anyway. you just have to, it's kind of one of those things that you just have to be there. <laughs> um, so next up we have the at the NBA All-Star Game uh, performing at halftime. It's normally not a, I don't know, it's, it's kind of like, it's several notches below the Super Bowl halftime. They're show. really trying to turn that into the Super Bowl of... yeah. The, of basketball because I mean it's the only time that they go to a, a neutral venue that's chosen ahead of time and you know all the biggest stars of the sport are there and typically have celebrities and then you have you know like I, I swear one year I think Ali and AJ performed the halftime show like I think they they did it so like yeah you're right this is like they would never play a Super Bowl halftime show I mean that's just that they they're too small for the moment I'm trying to find out who's performed at halftime. Last year was Sting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like, what did Sting do? I, I don't know. What, yeah. I mean, he may, I didn't see a set, but yeah. I, okay. <laughs> and I can't imagine there are many people there who knew who he like. Well, I mean, like, hopefully I like to think people knew who he was, but like, no one cared. <laughs> No one was like, oh, man, I wouldn't go get a hot dog, but Sting's playing. Like, it was like, oh, man, um, Sting's playing. Let's go get a hot dog. (laughs) What's interesting is that John Legend performed at halftime in Phoenix in 2009. Yeah. And he did the national anthem in Houston in 2013. Uh, So the NBA likes John Legend. Yeah. Um, they're unlike the NFL, no repeats. Mm-mm. No, <laughs> well, hold on. No, no, yeah, you're right. No, the close. Well, the closest they've had is um, what Beyonce, Beyonce and yeah, Bruno, Bruno Mars. Mars. <laughs> yeah, that's about it. So they like, but not after formation. No, no. she ain't coming back. Roger <laughs> 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 Kill's like, no, no. Not when the when the if the police will threaten not to protect. Yeah, they will not will threaten to not work the the Super Bowl. He'll yeah. be like, get that, get the, get that short light skin dude that plays drums. Get him. He's safe. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm trying to find out who, I don't even know who performed at halftime last, you said it was Sting last yeah, year? Yeah, it was Sting, oh. yeah. Before um, that, I don't know who. I do remember though, Ali and AJ performed, it might have been before, um, and I know some of you out there are like, who are, who are Ali and AJ? Um, they're Disney people. Um, they tried to, you know, strike out on their own, um, but they didn't do very well. Yeah, I'm trying to find a list of who who's performed at halftime before, and uh, yeah, this ain't like the Super Bowl where it's like readily available. Yeah, this is. Uh, I mean, hell, Tegan and Sarah might have done it one year. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Let's see who else they have. Okay, uh, uh, they've had Justin Bieber. Before, was it? In, well, I, was I don't know time. when that was. Because <laughs> I remember people were like, "Oh, why didn't Drake do it last year?" It's like that would have actually been pretty cool. Yeah, maybe they thought it was too easy of a choice. Yeah, because it's Toronto. Should have been though. 
Okay, we spent too much time on that. Um, <laughs> so uh, a few episodes ago, we talked about who were the semifinalists, I guess, for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They have announced a class. And of course, some people are going to be upset about some people getting in over some people not. So the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame class. Um, I had it up and now I don't. <laughs> There's some good people. Um, I will say, apparently, a lot of people are upset about Journey getting in. Yeah, Journey is in. Um, <clears throat> Why would they be upset about that? <laughs> I don't know. Like, I mean, clearly uh, they they've they've given a lot to the music. Okay, so. I went back a page, and I'm trying to close that, and don't play anything. Okay. So, um, it included five first-time nominees, Pearl Jam, Journey, Electric Light Orchestra, Joan Baez, and Tupac. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nile Rogers is receiving a solo award, the Award for Musical Excellence. Uh, interesting, because Sheik is not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame still, mm-hmm. and they've been uh, nominated 11 times. It's sad. <laughs> um, who else is in? Yes. Did you say Joan Baez? Joan Baez. Yeah. Um, I like that Pearl Jam got in there on first try. I like that. Um, Wait, is that it? Was that the whole list? Okay, yes. Yeah, so Pearl Jam, Journey, Electric Light Orchestra, Joan Baez, Tupac, and Yes. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. So folks who did not get in, um, Bad Brains, Shaka Khan, Depeche Mode, Jane's Addiction. The Cars. The Cars, The Zombie, Steppenwolf, Janet Jackson, Kraftwerk, Jay Giles Band, MC5. I feel like I just said there. But yeah, them. Uh, they did not get in. And um, any anything about this list that kind of sticks out to you do you think someone got in over someone else who shouldn't have there are people that i think should have got in but i know they only have so many slots that they will give per year and so there's no one that in my opinion that i would cut for anyone else um i mean people that i'm upset that didn't get in i would maybe say shaka khan and janet jackson and and the cars um no offense but i don't think the jay giles band should expect to. i know <laughs> one song by the jay giles yeah. band yeah, I think I it went was probably on one of their more cheesy songs. Yeah, I think I went on Spotify and checked out something by them. No, wait, that was the Tubes. Never mind. I don't know. Anything, <laughs> I don't know anything else by the Jay Giles Band other than Centerfold. Yeah, that's, that's the only all one I know. I know. Yeah. So, like, if you're a one-hit wonder, why, why would you expect to get in? The Romantics aren't crying about trying to get in. You know, like, <laughs> like, what do you expect? So, I don't know. That that gets me. Um. Yeah, I think the only with that I like, I, I don't know what the, let's see, what the voting has to be. I don't know if they have to get like 75% of the vote, like the Baseball Hall of Fame. Yeah. But I know there were, let's see. Um, there were 900 official voters. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And the uh, a journey actually topped the fan ballot 
I'm not surprised. <laughs> Don't stop believing. You kidding me? I'm not surprised at all. That song's huge. I wonder how how many of those were Glee fans. Oh God. Well, not not Glee fans. A... Just karaoke people who do karaoke like every. I was going to say, did they have a Journey episode or something? On well, that was during the first season. That was one of their. Um, doing "Don't Stop Believing" was one of the like. Okay songs of that season they did it like three or four times oh really i didn't know i've never watched glee if people are wondering oh. so i don't that's why i don't get that i didn't know Oh, okay like i thought that you did a song and you didn't do it again or something but yeah okay they yeah they did don't stop believing several times <laughs> <laughs> all right interesting um is that on netflix yeah okay i might check it out maybe we'll see um and then well also with the uh like I said, now Rodgers will receive an award for musical excellence. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Sheik is not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. Uh, so what what do you think about that? Like I said, I can't, I, do, I wouldn't want to replace anyone. Sheik is another band. And I, I totally forgot that they did not get in there. And they've been nominated several times. Um, they're a band that I would let in there. I think it's nice that they want to recognize now Rodgers. But you gotta, I mean, you, you gotta put Sheik in there. I would maybe say put them in over Joan Baez, but then, like, I remember reading that there's not a lot of female members of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, so mm-hmm. um, I, I wouldn't want to take that away. Not to mention, just because I'm not a fan of Joan Baez, I'm not too familiar with her work, doesn't mean that I should disparage what she's done. Because she was, um, from what I've read and what I understand, she was very big on the folk scene. Yeah. So, you know, I'm pretty sure they would maybe say this, you know, people who are huge fans of folk, or understand um, its impact more would probably say the same thing about Sheik or about Journey or about Tupac. You know, they might. So to each his own. Yeah. Um, another thing that will be uh, that's I don't know if it comes up every year, but I feel like it comes up a lot. There's always that band that broke up and they've been they have been together for years, mm-hmm. decades even. And then they get inducted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh, are they going to reunite? Yeah. Are they going to play together? And this time that band is yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know like three songs by yes. <laughs> so, I think I know. Uh, they're all very good songs, but yeah. that was the only three I know. Yeah, I know three songs by them <laughs> as well. Um, yeah, like, yeah, I'm just thinking like, do I really know three? Because I know I know two. <laughs> I'm trying to think of that third I know. And I think it's because Spotify put it on my playlist once. Yeah. Yeah. Uh the there's always that I feel like that storyline happens a lot to where is this band gonna reunite? And sometimes I wonder, does it matter? I think it's like, cool. I mean but... Well does does it matter that they reunite? I mean, I think it would be good, you know, to accept your award. You know, it's this is a great achievement. Yeah. But also, um, is it, is it that bad? Is it that, yeah. Is it just that bad to where you can't play one song with this, with your band, uh, or you can't even be on the same stage to get, to get your award. Yeah. I don't, that's, (laughs) and I will admit, yeah, that's kind of crazy that when you think about it, um, but these people just have these huge egos, not saying that I agree. But they just have these huge egos and they just will not compromise. And I don't like it, but yeah. Because, I mean, I would love to see Steve Perry go play with Journey. Will that happen? 
Yeah. Or will it be the guy who sounds just, just like, like him? him? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, does he get does he get an award too? Like, I don't know. I don't know how long he's been with them. I mean, he didn't write, you know, um, faithfully. He didn't write those songs. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I don't know. He he might be there. Yeah. I think I think he might be included. So, uh, so then there's that. Uh, I think one of the controversial ones is is Tupac. Why? I guess because like. I think there are a lot of people out there who think Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is specifically, specifically, is specifically for, rock for rock and roll and not consider uh, not consider rap and its impact. Um, he would be he is going to be the sixth hip hop artist to be inducted. Mm-hmm. I think the others are like Public Enemy, N.W.A., Run yeah. DMC. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all I know. Yeah. <laughs> that's all I remember. I mean, there's. I think at this point people need to recognize that the rock and roll part of the rock and roll hall of fame has expanded from just being rock and roll. Cause I mean, I'm fairly certain. Are there, there's some country artists in the rock and roll hall of fame, aren't there? Yeah. Um, I'm pretty, I'm fairly certain Johnny, in Johnny Cash, no hall of fame. He should be. Yeah. So, I mean, you can, it's, it's, it's at this point it's, I mean, rather than call it the popular music hall of fame, just it's, it's the rock and roll hall of fame and all artists, are welcome and I have no problem with that. Um let's see what his what class he's in. Uh yeah, he was class of ninety two, so that was yeah. like the third or fourth class. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um let's see what the and of course, well, you know, we're if, not going to go through who, who's all in there, but, but I'm just saying, look, yeah. of course, like, you know, if they made a, a hip hop hall of fame, then people would be like, well, why do you got to have a hip hop hall of fame? Like, you know, when you try to be inclusive, <laughs> so I'm not going to go. Someone has a problem with that. So if someone has a problem with why is Tupac in the rock and roll hall of fame? And then VH1 has their hip hop honors. But why is Tupac, why, why they got to have hip hop honors? Because you don't want us in the rock and roll hall of fame. You don't want them there. So. Yeah, but that's a whole that that could be that's a whole nother. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, so um, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, congratulations to all of those artists, um, and um, what 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 are the odds that you think Tupac shows up to accept the award, <laughs> proving that he has been alive this whole time? <laughs> you know, there are some people out there who think. If that happens, that he's going to show up. <laughs> if that happens, I will, I will take a dump in the middle of Atlanta on Peachtree Road. <laughs> I thought I thought you were going to say on the connector. No, nah, I die. I die. <laughs> at least on Peachtree Street, I can like do it real quick and then run. And you know, <laughs> at worst, I get arrested. You know. Um. Well, well we wanted to mention this, but I don't, we can't um, comment on it very much. Uh, Camilla Cabello is leaving Fifth Harmony. Uh, that's all I got. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, so I know um, like two songs. <laughs> um, the best of list. Uh, the uh, Billboard has has written an article on this. John Norris from Billboard dot com has a uh, an 
an article about the best of list for music coming out earlier and earlier. Uh, it's mid-December and the year is over. Well, this was on this was from the 15th. At least when it comes to the best of 16 list, <laughs> the year is over. When is a year, not a year? Um, some quick research bars bears out some quick research bears out the trend in striking ways. 11 years ago, stereo gum released its 2005 best albums list on Christmas Eve. It's not bad this mm-hmm. year, December 1st. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm, I swear I saw one that come out in November, like the end of November. Like it, was, um, it was getting bad. It said NPR. They normally go mid December. This year's December 9th. Uh, NME who's we, we've, we talked about their list. Their list came out on December 8th. Well, actually, that that was normally December 8th, but that was the final week of November. Yeah. <laughs> this time. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Like, it's you can't wait. And that was the same time as Rolling Stone last week of November had yeah. their best of list. Um, it's so stupid. It's, it's stupid, man. It's dumb. <laughs> yeah. I mean, cause you feel like there's no OK, no one else is going to come out with an album. Yeah. Uh, and I think what they may be going by is I know like the Grammy cutoff is September 30th, mm-hmm. which is kind of strange. Uh, that's how like, OK, I know Adele's album came out last year, but it's up for album of the year. Mm-hmm. Right. So uh, I think around that time, OK, we're going to be talking about these other albums that come out after this date. We're going to be talking about them next year. Yeah. If they're any good. So I think that that uh, contributes to that, to like this, these lists coming out earlier and earlier because uh, the albums that come out after no one's going to be paying attention to, mm-hmm. at least for not those couple of months. Not They'll for be the, talking about them next year. It's almost like not for the fiscal year. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, the fiscal year doesn't necessarily end when the year ends. It ends when the fiscal year ends. And I don't know. I mean, that's that's. It's a pretty good observation. I think also part of it is um, kind of I hate this. I kind of hate this. And you, uh, you may have heard for people who listen to The Right Time with Bomani Jones. He has mentioned it a couple of times calling an album a classic after it's been released. It was released like two hours ago. <laughs> An instant classic. It's a, it's a classic already. Like people I bet people call J. Some people downloaded J. Cole's album. Mm hmm. Listen to it one time, call it a classic, and then never listen to it again. <laughs> I remember him talking. Was that when he was talking about? Or he did talk about that with um, Good Kid, Mad City when it came out. Yeah. Well, some people were calling it a classic, and he didn't get it. Yeah. Only because um, he comes from, uh, from the south. Man. Well, <laughs> no, no, not that he's from the south, but. You normally listen to hip hop in your car mm-hmm. and have really good speakers. Yeah, but most hip hop fans now listen on listen on headphones. Yeah, and you're going to hear it differently. Mm. Um, I know that kind of derailed the topic, but yeah. it was. <laughs> but people call albums classics. The like after one listen or after a day, they're yeah. already calling it a classic. So. I think a lot of people aren't taking the time either. They're not taking the time to enjoy the album Mm -hmm. uh, or they just want to get 
Yeah, let me make, let me get my list out there. Let me get this information out there right now. Yeah. Um. While, uh, while it's fresh in my mind or something, or while, you know, I may I may get my list out there first, and then people can talk about my list more than others. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I th- you might I think people might as well go with the whatever the Grammy cutoff date is. <laughs> if your album comes out before September 30th and then on October 1st, have your best of yeah. 16 list. That's great. That's, Cause that's all the time season. you need. Just listen to the album one time, call it a classic mm-hmm. and then add it to your best of the year list. Yep. So that, that's what we should start doing. Oh, everything's a classic. Yeah, every, everything's, a, everything's a classic. Yeah. Yes. And, um, yeah, we're we're a couple of months behind on our best of the year. Starboy <laughs> by the by the by the weekend, classic. Mm-hmm. Best thing I've heard since his last album. <laughs> <laughs> classic. That um, that that Kendrick Lamar album that untitled. Uh no 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 no, the the next one. Oh oh, it's classic. Yeah, yeah. it's not even out yet. Yeah, that's a pre-classic. It's a pre-classic. So, yeah, um, the it's it's weird for all these lists to be coming out so soon. Uh, At least wait until January first. Yeah, that's what we do, right? We waiting, we waiting, we patient. Yeah, someone else, something else may come out that make that may catch your ear. You know, we're not beholden to. Shareholders and stockholders are not beholden to them. No, and not the academy either. We make our lists when we want to make our lists. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, we all know uh, Mariah Carey to be a diva. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if she's admitted as such, but uh, there is definitely diva behavior being exhibited <laughs> a lot of times, and uh, we have come to the uh, to the conclusion that Mariah doesn't know anybody. <laughs> like, well, she—I mean, she knows a lot of people, but anybody who is—I um, say within the last ten years, maybe. Yeah, she doesn't know them. Yeah, and then it's not like she wants to. That nope, no, Mm-mm. nope. Um, she'll be she'll she'll take it. She may take exception to other singers being compared to her. Oh, oh, you think? <laughs> Uh, if someone's called a young Mariah Carey, I think she'll take umbrage. Yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, yeah, she. I. I. She's trying. I don't think. She, yeah, she's trying not to get to know any of these yeah, new singers out there. And it. And I don't. Th- that's not a new thing. I mean, it's kind of like how all these older rappers don't like these new rappers. Mm-hmm. And feel like they're disrespecting. They're disrespecting the art, you know. Um, Ice T and Soldier Boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Or anybody who doesn't like, or you'll you'll see videos of someone who's being interviewed either by Vlad TV mm. <laughs> or Bossip or Funkmaster Flex, and somebody's gonna say something about Lil Yachty and Lil Uzi Vert and. Who else is out there? Oh, I'm bringing them up. 21 Savage. <laughs> Always. Dude just talks, man. That's just. 
That blows my mind. But Ben, it's a knife. <laughs> have, you, have, you listened, have, you, have you listened to him yet? No. Hold on. No, play some, find some 21 Savage real quick and play his top single and tell me he's not talking. <laughs> Sounds like he's having, he's having a conversation. All right, we're going to play um, some 21 Savage. All right, this song is called X. Prepare to be underwhelmed, people. Ten bad bitches in a mesh. Wrist on milli rock on diamonds on me dancing. When you working hard, this then your money start expanding. I got model bitches wanna lick me like some candy. And them drugs come in handy. Last night, savage bitch, but no, I'm not Randy. This is more than way no condom had to make her eat a plan B. And I'm sipping on that codeine, not brandy. I'm just starting on my ex He's actually putting effort. I've never heard him do this. Yeah. Uh, well, this is from his. Well, this is his first album. No. This is that's from Savage Mode. What's at the top? That was his. That's his number one song. Play no heart. Play no heart. Play no. I I recognize no heart. Yeah, this is the first time I'm ever hearing anything by Twenty One Savage. Young Savage, why you trapping so hard? Why do you nigga capping so hard? Why you got a 12 car garage? Why you pulling out these rappers' cards? Cutty nigga, pussy in the heart. So turn fucking soft to some heart. I grew up in the streets without no heart. I'm praying to my Glock and my car. I sit back and read like that. 21 Savage, that cat with the mat. 21 Savage, not boys in the hood, but I pull up on you, shoot your ass in the back. Stuart Little, I heard you niggas some rats. Like that line, Stuart Little, I heard you niggas some rats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, 21 Savage. It's a knife. The best, uh, <laughs> quite possibly the most important rapper to come out of Atlanta since uh, the Future? franchise boys, I would say, maybe. Oh. Future? No, he's he's way above Future. Even. <laughs> <laughs> He makes he makes future look like a pug, like he just makes future look like the past. Oh, oh. <laughs> hashtag burn. Uh, so yeah, back to uh, Mariah. I know nobody. Yeah, uh, here's a clip from um, from Watch What Happens Live on Bravo, to where the host is the name Andy Cohen. That might be why I've never yeah. seen it. I don't think I have Bravo. Okay. Cause I've never heard of this show. Um, to where uh, he has this game called Plead the Fifth, and he asks some questions, and the guest can either answer honestly or plead the fifth. So here is what happened. Moving on. Demi Lovato, I didn't know this. She kind of shaded you on social media. She implied she made assumptions about ariana grande and she said mariah's a legend and she's so talented but she dish she disses people it's nasty the way she treats jennifer w what would you say to demi i don't know her either and so <laughs> i wouldn't say anything to her unless she should come up introduce herself to me say here's my opinion what do you think about it that's how you handle okay yeah. we'll be right back <laughs> So yeah, um, she's delusional if she thinks people are gonna do that. 
Like, like just walk up yeah, to her. Yeah, who's gonna walk up to like you, you she probably got like twelve security guards. Yeah, so you're not you can't, <laughs> you can't get just to walk her. up on yeah. her. <laughs> and then if you do, like who's going to I mean not saying that, you know, Mariah Carey is Demi Lovato's idol, but who you're gonna walk up to a living legend and be like, Hey, Mariah Carey, yeah, you one of the most successful female artists of all time. I don't think you're that nice. <laughs> what does that what does that look like? No. Yeah. Um and and she also she doesn't know uh J Lo either. Yeah. So um I mean for all we know, maybe Demi Lovato has tried and she couldn't get even get through the like security <laughs> she couldn't guards. Get to the security. Like she needs to tweet that like I did try. <laughs> couldn't get past the guards. Like, she don't know. Um Yeah. So uh I don't think Mariah's trying to meet uh, a whole lot of new people who are also artists. Yeah, she ain't trying. Um and yeah, she's kind of just she's she's in her own world right now. Yeah, uh, and uh, I guess that's not a it's that's not a I guess it's not really a problem. But <laughs> you can't expect you, there you got to lower your expectations if someone's living in their own world for them to know about you know current events mm-hmm. or current artists or anyone being compared to her. I'd even asked her if she had heard. Any of Ariana Grande's attempts to sing her song, and I say attempts like they're bad. They're good. They're good versions. They're good covers. Um, I'd like to hear her opinion on that. Like, what do you think of that? And she'd probably throw some more shade. Like, <laughs> so I don't know. Mariah Carey's just. I mean, I, I love her early work. Um, I love some of her late work, but like she's just. Oh God, I mean, maybe that's why Tommy Matola left her. I don't know. <laughs> like, like that ego. Like, I mean, you you remember her episode of Cribs? Like she is not a normal yeah. person. Yeah, she has a a a, a gym that she doesn't use, yeah. and then she used the the stairmaster in heels. Yeah, like she's just not a normal person. She, um, she made glitter. She's not a normal person. <laughs> Probably thought it was a good script. <laughs> yeah, um, she's in her own world. So yeah, yeah. she's yeah. Um, so. <laughs> Let's just just move on from that. Uh, we're gonna get to Ben's earworm of the week, which will be followed by our indie Instagrammer of the week, and uh, we're mixing up a little bit with our earworm of the week. We're gonna name our favorite Christmas songs as our earworm of the week. So, what do you got, Ben? I wrestled with this man. I wrestled with this because mm-hmm. I wanted to keep some artistic integrity. <laughs> so I'm gonna go with the artistic integrity route. Okay. Because um, I have two favorites. I'll tell you what the other one is, but well, no, no, I'm not gonna tell you because then I lose the artistic integrity. We're gonna go with um, "Happy Xmas, War Is Over" by John Lennon. And I know it's weird to hear me say a John Lennon song because I've openly stated that I don't like John Lennon, mm-hmm. but I really like this song. Um, it's probably one of like a few Christmas songs that I like and I always get grief when I play it because um, my girlfriend hates it when I play it because it's so depressing <laughs> but I'm like but it's a, it's a thinking man's you know you know who uh, um, has recently covered this song and um, I added it to a to a playlist uh, I didn't really listen to it, mm-hmm. but it was Maroon Five does a cover of this song. Now that's and that's what rekindled my love of it. I was it was one Christmas randomly. It's a live cover too. Um, randomly just heard it and I was like, oh, I forgot I do like this song. Um, he sings it very monotone though, but I I found that anytime Adam Levine doesn't sing anything difficult, he sings it monotone because he's bored. 
<laughs> uh, should we do John Lennon's version? Um, yeah, do John Lennon's. Okay, too. so this is Happy Christmas War is Over by John Lennon. Eventually. Okay. So this is Christmas And what have you done Another year over And you won't just be gone And so this is Christmas I hope you have fun The That is Happy Christmas Words Over by John Lennon. We actually played the whole song. I didn't plan on it, but hey, whatever. Think about your Christmas this year, people. <laughs> Think about it. Um, we're, uh, 
looking into who is our indie Instagrammer of the week. And we're going to go with uh, After Romeo. Probably not indie, though, but this is an official account on Instagram and they liked our post. How many followers they got? Uh, They have 81,000 followers. That's a lot of followers. And they have the verified check. Oh, wow. And they have a song featuring Silento. So he's still out there. (laughs) (laughs) That's that was wrong. No, no, it really wasn't. Silento. That's that wasn't that's not a song, people. That that is not a song. That is a list. It's an instructional video. (laughs) (laughs) So let me see if they're on here. Yeah, they're actually on Spotify. So can he rap? Talento, like, does he rap or what is he? I don't know. I've never heard this song. Well, no, not this guy. I mean, I mean like actual like Talento in real life. Like, I wonder I, what his. I don't know. I had to check him out. Somebody. I have no idea. See if he has another. Uh, he might actually have like bars, man. He might. <laughs> he might be out there like freestyle champ three years in a row. Like. <laughs> uh, actually, we're gonna play the song that they did with Silento. Okay. So this is after Romeo. Let's see if they have a bio. They do not. But they liked one of our posts on Instagram. They, it's a it's a verified account, I guess. Um, I don't know if they're indie. I don't even know who's in the band. It looks like it's two guys, maybe four. It might be a band, full band. Are they like know. that group that I can't think of now that did the, um, I can't think of their name. It was like two dudes, one rap, one song. Oh, like MKTO? Yes. No, it's not like that MKTO. <laughs> they might sound, I, we have never heard we're about to find out we have never yeah forget that we've never heard we've never heard of this group or this or the song we're gonna play uh we're gonna do the song that they they do with silento it's called pull over it's the remix to pull over so this is a remix song (laughs) i hope to god not i hope there's no reference to trina on it (laughs) so this is a pullover remix by after romeo featuring silento <laughs> what was that? Okay, hey, so I'm assuming that was Silento rapping at the beginning. Yes. He sounded like he was ten. Um how how old is this song? Um 
Was this the Silento the early years? Like the <laughs> This song came out earlier this year. Oh my god. He sounded so young. How old is Silento? Um I he was like He's probably like fourteen. I don't know. I thought he was in his twenties, man. We gotta let's Google this. Oh Silento. I thought he was in his twenties. Yeah, I thought he was in his twenties, yeah. No, this is a kid. I, I don't know. It's, He's probably scene. like 15 or 16. Silento. Oh my God, he was born in 98. He is 18 years old right now. Um, And he just, well, he turned 18 in January. So, you didn't know he was from Atlanta. Um, I didn't like the whip, whip, whip. Yeah. That's where I kind of lost it. Um, Yeah, that, that was, as an avid fan of pop music, that was not a very good pop song. How many um, listens do they have? Um, if it's over a million, oh I'm no, up no, <laughs> like total listens all time? No, just for that song, yeah. Uh, twenty nine thousand. Okay, okay, so it'll probably remain there. That's their number two most popular song, though, not in terms of plays, but just popularity for the week. I think okay. that's how Spotify goes. So, um, yeah, it's. The, based on the on the album art, this is a song that probably came out over the summer because it's the four guys in a convertible. Mm, okay. Uh, and Silento is leaning on the car, so they didn't let him ride with him. You can't ride with us, dude. He might have been photoshopped in. He they've never met him. <laughs> That's possible. They probably may have been photoshopped in. <laughs> they've never met Silento. He recorded that at his studio in Atlanta, and they probably just paid for the verse. <laughs> yeah. Um, cause I don't think he makes any reference to after Romeo, does he in the song? He says their name. Oh, he did. Okay. He probably Ricard. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Like I, something tells me we're not the target audience for a song like that. Right. Um, I mean, it, it sounded very juvenile. Um, but I'm someone who doesn't mind music like that. And even for that type of song, it just, it was very boring. Like it was, there was a lot, it was an exciting song. There was a lot going on, but it was very boring. If that makes sense, you know, like there's a ton going on, but just like, but who cares? Like, it's just a busy song just for the sake of being busy layers on layer on top of layer on top of layer. It just was, it just didn't really go anywhere. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it is a, if it's a boy band, like a one direction mm-hmm. or if they do play their own instruments. I have no idea. Uh, probably not. No, no. Um, yeah. So, I mean, if you guys like that song, it's after Romeo and, uh, uh, thank you for liking our post. If it's not someone in the band, just some, some, probably their PR director mm-hmm. who liked one of our posts. Okay. Uh, thank you. Um, and continue listening, but we're not playing your songs anymore. Sorry. Um, anyway, Oh, <laughs> um, let's get into our our primary topic for this particular episode. We started the show with uh, My Way by Ursher and uh, the significance of that song is that it was um, written or co-written and produced by one Jermaine Dupree. 
yeah, 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 yeah. That's his thing, right? <laughs> um, How tall is he? That's <laughs> irrelevant. <laughs> I was just thinking about that. I was like, man, he's kind of short, but yeah, JD, man, he's a super producer from Atlanta. Yeah, uh, Jermaine Dupree has had a very. It, it's actually, I think he's um, underappreciated as a producer and a songwriter. I think that's fair. I mean, because he's been on some. You know, we'll talk about some big songs. Yeah. Um. That. I mean, he got credit for them, but um, in the grand scheme of things, when you look back and you mentioned Jermaine Dupree, um, how many people would know in in the in the grand pop music landscape? How many people would know who he is? Yeah. You know, I, I think um, people remember, they remember the other producers a little bit more. They remember that you're Dallas Austin's like, I'm pretty sure people remember Dallas Austin more than Jermaine Dupree. People remember, um, and I'm drawing a blank so, for someone who, who else is from Atlanta, but like Lil John, Lil John organized um, noise. Yeah. But like Jermaine Dupree has done so much and he's been at it for a while. I mean, he's not really doing anything right now, but he had a very long career. Yeah, he's worked with the uh with a lot of people. Um yeah, it's something I found out recently, you know, when you can go on we can research songs and get the credits instead of having to read the the liner notes, mm-hmm. like get the album and then read the liner notes. Um uh, he's the man behind Crisscross. Yeah. He wrote everything. Yeah. He's the man behind Lil Bow Wow. He wrote a a, a lot yeah. for them. Um, that's why I say he, he's, he's the best kitty rapper of all time. <laughs> um, he made hip hop accessible to kids by working with kids, um, which sounds a bit Weird. creepy. Yeah. Well, I mean, at the time of Criss Cross, he was almost a kid. I mean, he was, yeah, he was, he a was, teenager. He was 19, 20, yeah. so, uh, working with them. Um, I don't remember how old he was when Bow Wow came out though. But I mean, I think I mean he was. I'm pretty sure you know Snoop Dogg gave him his blessing. Like, hey, this guy's not a, he's not a creeper. I know he wants to, work, <laughs> <laughs> he wants to work with my nephew, but he's not a creeper. Um, but yeah, I mean, like he's, and then you know, not only was he a producer, he was a rapper. Um, yeah, he had. I'm trying to think. Did he have more than one album? I know he had Life in 1472. He had two albums, uh, Life in 1472 and Instructions. Because I remember when the when Life in fourteen seventy two came out, um, I had just when did that come out? July twenty first, yeah, ninety eight. I had just moved here. <laughs> like that was um, as a matter of fact, that was my birthday. Yeah, crazy. I had just moved to Atlanta, and all they talked about was this album. Like every radio station. What's interesting is that he as as an artist, like he's he's he has more production songwriting work. As an artist, this was a big album, yeah. like even outside of the South. Yeah. It was still a, a fairly big album. And, um, uh, you know, I, the song he did with Jay-Z. Mm-hmm. Money and the Thing. Yeah. That was, that was heavy rotation on uh, MTV and BET. Mm-hmm. Back when Jay-Z was not nearly as big as he is now. Right. Yeah. Um. And uh, yeah. the song he did with Mariah Carey, Sweetheart. Yeah. This album was nominated for Best Rap Album. Okay, yeah. And what's interesting is that he's only made two albums. Yeah. He's only made two albums as an artist. 
but he's done he's done a lot of features and just a lot of production. Um Yeah, he also the yeah. song he had with um Oh jeez, with um Mace and Lil' Kim on that album as well. Like that was like he was oh, on Lil' people. Kim's album? Well no on his album, Life of Fortune Seventy Two, um Get Dealt With. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. That was the that was the jam in high school. Um um, and then I, I just forgot to, he worked with the brat, <laughs> so, so right. Yeah. Cause that was his label. So, so deaf. Um, he's the- worked with a lot of, um, if I go back to our playlist here, we will, we do have a playlist for songs that were produced by Jermaine Dupree. It's not every song, yeah, but it was songs. We, it was, it's, it's, it's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. Um, it's it's more than the than our Teddy Riley list. If mm-hmm. we're looking at just the singles, it's more than the Babyface list. Mm-hmm. And these are songs that he produced. And I tried to not include his solo stuff mm-hmm. and not a lot of his his features. Some of them he is featured on, but it's more like him saying "Yo, yo, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> on it." Yeah. Uh, but Which, I mean, who knows? Diddy might have got that from him. I mean. <laughs> Um, so, and then with the, is it longer than the Neptunes list? Um, yes. (laughs) So, uh, a lot of songs in here. I tried to get just as like the songs I knew that were singles. Um, and there were, there were a lot of them and he had his hands on a lot of different artists. Um, uh, as a, as a rapper and as at doing R and B, but making it like it was kind of, it was pop. Yeah. It was pop. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially with Mariah Carey and Usher. Yeah. Uh, he's also worked with Janet Jackson, Jagged Edge, um, uh, Chingy, <laughs> Escape. uh, Escape. Um, he's one of those producers that really, you know, it, that really helped make Atlanta, a music hotbed yeah. uh, as far as um, being a place where music can, can be made. I mean, yeah, they're like LaFace is based out of Atlanta, mm-hmm. um, but we don't really associate Babyface and L.A. Reed with Atlanta. Maybe L.A. Reed a little, but Babyface, not really that much, but LaFace is, that is Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Uh and we've also, um, was there another Atlanta? Pro- okay, no. I mean, there are other Atlanta yeah. producers, but probably at the same time as du- as Jermaine Dupree were putting out artists that were, um, that that you know that blew up, and they were representing Atlanta, and he was he was right in there, and even now there are even more producers from Atlanta uh, that should probably maybe thank him. Yeah. I hope no, I, <laughs> pay I homage to him in some way to where Atlanta really is. Uh, I don't think it gets as much, uh, credit as it should, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, I think yeah. a lot of what he was doing and, and honestly, the more I think about it, I was joking about it, but a lot of the things that, um, that Diddy is doing, Jermaine Dupri did like where Diddy's like we invented the remix like mm, Jermaine Dupri might have beat you to that like he was doing a lot of remixes. Diddy thinks he did a lot of things yeah. that 
uh, he really <laughs> didn't do. Yeah, because like I mean, if you think about did the... he he like I don't know if he wrote a word on No Way Out, but anyway, um, <laughs> uh, but um, with uh, with the like like I said, he's he's done pop music and he's uh he's written in a couple of different i want to say different genres but r&b he 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 wrote pop infused Mm r&b which i think is really hard to do he had a good he had a good ear very good yeah yeah and he wrote with the with the rap that he uh uh said he wrote for bow wow and for crisscross made that had a that had pop appeal to it Mm -hmm. um and then you know one of the first, one of the first songs that should jump out at you is well is jump. jump. So, <laughs> um, you know he had he had an interesting vision uh, to where okay he met Chris the story is he met Chris Cross at a mall he met oh, these guys at does it say which mall because I I want to think it's Greenbrier I, I, I yeah my <laughs> my first guess is Greenbrier. Mm-hmm. Uh, Let's see. Where did he meet? Um, and like, I guess like a lot of producers, like in the, around the nineties, they were a hip hop dancer at some point. I know Diddy was. Okay. Hold on. Was Jermaine Dupri dancer? They said he was a dancer for Houdini. Oh God. <laughs> He's in the Freaks Come Out at Night video. Oh my. If people watched, yes, I remember that. If you, it well, I remember like seeing that video and seeing some kid like. That looks like Jermaine Dupree. Yeah. And so I yeah, it actually is. Oh goodness. So let's see, where did uh it just well Wikipedia says it Atlanta shopping mall, but I, I would I guess bet Green it's Greenbrier. Bar. Oh yeah, I bet it's Greenbrier. <laughs> uh it's not Linux. I'm pretty no. sure it's not God. Linux. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um so yeah. Um so if you look at the the credits for Totally Crossed Out, it's all Jermaine Dupri. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wrote everything, he produced it, and and he made the. Uh, were they were well? I'm trying to think. Were they was so so that formed early enough, but it was not. So they weren't no. initially signed to. But I mean. Um, like not necessarily on this song, but when he did like later, he really kind of formed the Atlanta sound with that. But this was more so like this was more of a hip hop pop sound. Yeah, what I think that he did, and what what some people say, like he, I think he was influenced a little bit by um, by the West Coast sound, like mm-hmm. Dr. Dre. Yeah. Um, and a little, and then by the east coast by well with the with new york sound mm-hmm. uh, also and he's able to fuse that together uh because i think with chris cross you don't necessarily associate them with atlanta right away no as far as if you hear so if you see a certain artist like if you hear outcast yeah that has that's atlanta, atlanta sound yeah if you hear future or ludicrous that's atlanta, that's atlanta. uh and then with chris cross um I think this was a little before there was something associated with Atlanta specifically. Mm-hmm. So I think Dupree just took what, you know, what's, what's popular. 
from the West Coast was popular in New York. Mix it together. And, and, and yeah. mix that together. And then he wrote what would be uh he wrote what would be he wrote what would be accessible to kids. It was a classic. Yeah, like <laughs> uh well yeah, it yeah, it is. <laughs> and and uh not only was it accessible to kids and, and kids enjoy crisscross, but like mm-hmm. adults don't feel bad about it. Listening to about, it. Yeah. yeah. Um even though they did they did curse on their albums. Did they really? <laughs> yeah. I must have had the edited version, man, the Walmart version. <laughs> um and what was it then the overall it was an answer to I think Jermaine Priest saw these kids like, okay, I can I feel like I can put something together with them. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, you had uh, another bad creation. Mm-hmm. That's one of the first lines is like, what, what was the first line to? Forget about another bad creation. Because they, they made a reference to it in like the first couple of lines. Um, Don't try to compare us to another bad little fad. <laughs> so... uh. Yeah, it's a it's a diss song at, at another bad creation. <laughs> and let's see if Genius broke it down. Probably not. Oh, wait. Yes, they did. So I know some people will have like, um, yeah, this is a reference to another another bad creation. And I think they. Um, uh even though another bad creation was like, uh, that's Michael Bivens group. Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. yeah. And thought they were some bell biv DeVoe wannabes. Oh. <laughs> um, so yeah. Um, that's interesting. Oddly enough, my favorite. Oh, song. and and they also did by saying like, it wasn't good that they're wearing their clothes inside out. That's while it. That crisscross cool. wore theirs backwards. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't like the inside out look. We were just going to wear it backwards. Yeah. You did you try that? What to wear my clothes backwards? Yeah. Yes. I did, unfortunately. <laughs> yes. I went to I mean like, you know, you grow up you go into a black elementary school, you know, you want to wear um you want to dress like them. I don't know. I I mean, I didn't I didn't get out the door. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I don't recall if I did or not. I feel like I may have. I just don't know when. Yeah, but I know I tried. <laughs> I'm not gonna front. Uh, so they started a, a fad, and I'd, they they were uh, I don't know if they were on the episode of Family Matters or they were just mentioned on Family Matters to where uh, Judy, the third forgotten child, oh, who yeah. went upstairs and was never seen again. Uh, there was an episode to where like they wanted to beat they her and little Richie wanted to go to the Crisscross concert or they got their autographs or something. I think they were on the show. I think Chris Cross was on Family Matters. Were they? It's been I, I know I've, I've seen a lot of episodes. I don't remember it though. I have to go back. Or there's a scene where they got like autographs, or where, could, or where or where uh, Mother Winslow got them autographs. I could I mean I could see that happening. But anyway, um, enough about Chris Cross. At least at least for now. Um, One part of his career. <laughs> uh, but that that kind of like that was the the beginning. Yeah, really. Uh, and he 
also he met he met the brat through crisscross mm-hmm. okay i didn't know that and um, so i think she was the first artist on so so deaf mm-hmm. i do believe that is the case that is true um uh, so, and then yeah. with, with her album, especially the song funk defied, I, I, for a while I thought that, um, he was Jermaine Dupri being very trendy. Mm-hmm. You should play uh, that. Play funk defied the background. That's a good song. Uh, this is, um, that's a good album. Funk defied. It, this is very, uh, the G funk. Mm-hmm. You know, from the West Coast. Uh, and I just, yeah. I really associate this with just like early 90s rap. He might have just been a big fan of it, though, you know, of this type of music. Yeah. Or, or he may have just thought, hey, I can do it better. <laughs> it may have been something like that. Um Yeah, yeah I think about yeah. this sounds like a Snoop Dogg track. Yeah, and wow. she like a female Snoop with with braids mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of denim. Oh God, uh, yes. <laughs> but it has that. Um, yeah, you might have thought she was from LA, California. Yeah. Hmm. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, this is very West Coast. Maybe that's why I liked it so much. Um. So yeah, this that's when that's well that's when everybody heard the rap with that song and another song that was on heavy rotation. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it was a and you know she was the first female rapper that I know of from the south. No, she's from Chicago. She's from Chicago. Oh, mm-hmm. I thought she was based out of Atlanta. She might, I think she, oh, she might be. I just know she's from, yeah, Joliet, right outside of Chicago, as um, R. Kelly would say. She probably moved down here, though. Yeah. Oh, she was, it said, like, he cultivated her image as a female student. Oh. So, yeah. So he's also a genius. <laughs> as far as, like, a, a, a PR genius. So yeah, um, that's uh, he was the, the 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 pin behind that, I guess you would say. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, I thought he was being. I think right now, if like with with my 2016 mind, mm-hmm. and if I was listening to that uh, then, um, I would think he didn't really have his own sound yet yeah uh i think that's a fair assumption yeah he was used he uh it was it was the the west coast g-funk sound yeah uh but i think he that's why i thought he was being that's why trendy. i feel like he's being trendy a little bit yeah i'm even thinking about that um geez i'm thinking about the first the um humming coming at you like um just kicking it sounds like a g-funk song too yeah, well, hey, let's play that mm-hmm. so people will understand what we mean here. Yeah. It's got that bass. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, Jermaine Dupri, I'm, I'm learning things I about think you. that part is is new. I don't think there was as much bass 
mm-hmm. with West Coast. Yeah. But I think using that bass in kind of a medium tempo song mm-hmm. is. And then throwing that electric cowbell in there. Yeah. Mm. Did he say you don't like that sound? Not anymore. I used to love it. <laughs> oh, it's very annoying. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah. So, see, that's something I never realized about Jermaine Dupri that he was doing that because I was thinking like, oh, he defined the sound of the South. But no, you're right. He was basically going with West Coast, a very West Coast sound. Yeah. Yeah. Because it because it was popular at the time. Mm-hmm. I think here is where he may have had um he start he may have had something here as far as having as far as begin with having his own sound mm-hmm. um that song now this was a part of the collection of cds that my sister had <laughs> that I would listen to anything she listened to I listened to and this was one of those CDs and I loved it uh, so um, as far as Jermaine Dupri with Escape mm-hmm. he wanted to make them uh, the ghetto in vogue what <laughs> <laughs> the ghetto in vogue yeah oh god I could maybe see him making them um, well, excuse me like the female version of a Jodeci uh, well, yeah, because they had they had the high tech boots and the and the um, all black outfits. Oh man, the ghetto invoked that. I could see that though. <laughs> well, I guess to have a comparison to another female group, just yeah. not as talented, obviously. I mean, no offense to Candy Burris if she's listening, or Tiny if she happens to listen, but Invoke was way more talented than you guys. I mean, I love the music. I love this album. This is one of my favorite albums um, of all time, um, especially the um, um, understanding. Oh God, mm-hmm. that takes me back to like elementary school, being on the bus for field trips and everyone singing "Understanding" at the top of their lungs on the bus. Now, one person that we have to give um, credit to is a longtime collaborator, Jermaine Dupri, Manuel Seal. Yeah, so he was the guy who helped him write um, um, the Mariah Carey track. Yeah, That's he, helped him, he helped him write Just stuff, Taking though. It. Yeah. Uh, so uh, he's a longtime collaborator with Jermaine Dupri. Uh, and Always be my baby. That's what it is. Yeah. There are a few songs that, that were done with Mariah Carey. Yeah. Uh, to where I think um, maybe that was the... I guess what Mariah Carey wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if we mentioned it before that we were before we were recording that Mariah Carey says she's she listens to more hip hop than pop. I can I can I can see that definitely. And after her first couple albums, uh, you know, she was one of these, I guess, considered a squeaky clean pop artist who yeah. started working with more and more hip hop artists. Yeah. And <laughs> with Jermaine Dupri. Uh, that kind of helped her get to another, like getting another audience or broaden her audience. Yeah. Um, he, uh, and well, we play this song that, uh, the, one of the, the first hit that they did together. 
if it will play. Okay. Yeah, I imagine this is probably one of the biggest hits they did together. Yeah, well, it was the first one. Yeah. I mean, it was a number huge. one song. Yeah, this song was huge. <laughs> it was a monster, <laughs> as we tend to say a lot on this podcast. But yes, it was a monster. And um, let me go back to... <laughs> like that like whenever I hear that sound like that beat like that syncopated beat that's Jermaine Dupri to me oh yeah yeah that's like that's Jermaine Dupri I can only imagine what the sessions were like for this song like it was yeah um be interesting to to, to find that out uh if we can Let's see what Wikipedia tries to give us about this song. And even like breaking this song down even further, like it almost has like a traditional chord progression that you would hear in a pop song in the verse. Like it has a, it's a very traditional. So like it was, I imagine it was very comfortable for her to sing. And then you have this more of a, a hip hop chorus. Yeah, it's, it's, this song's, this song is brilliant. <laughs> like it's a brilliant song. And it has a bridge, which, I mean, typically, I will say, like, I've heard other, and I guess this is my compliment to him, I've heard other hip-hop producers, you know, producers who mostly do hip-hop, when they write a pop song, and it has to, or they produce a pop song, and it has to be a, a bridge, it never sounds natural, it always sounds forced. And this bridge, completely natural. Like, it sounds completely, even has a key change in it. Like, <laughs> like that's how comfortable Jermaine Dupri and Manuel were in, you know, writing this song. So yeah, um, looking at the process, it just came. It just looked like it was something organic. Uh, she had the melody in her head, and just kept humming the phrase "Always be my baby" as part of it. Huh. And so the lyrics came off of that phrase, and then uh, this was a song written with Manuel Seal. Yeah, and they just put everything together piece by piece, and there and there you have it. Yeah. <laughs> um. She was looking. This was a time where she was looking for producers to give her a new sound. Okay. And and Jermaine Dupri uh, stuck out to her. Um. Yeah, I wonder what about yeah. him stood out in particular to her. Uh, it just says that he had a very distinct vibe. Hmm. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> um. So yeah. Uh. And but to this this was kind of the. Okay, he's known for working with Criss Cross and, and the Brat by this time because this was 96. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he to to have the that pop success, uh, you know, I think it kind of put him in a, in a different different sphere, but yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Uh, this was this was a like I said, this was a number one song mm-hmm. for. Um, like one of the hottest. Well, it was on, it was only number one for a week, but it was one of the top songs of that year. Yeah. And was it nominated for any? Well, Grammys? I definitely think because he awesome. only he actually only has one Grammy, which is sad. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely one of those songs that I think is looked back on more fondly. Um. Because I didn't realize it only was only only number one for a week. Like this is such a popular song, for it to have only been number one for a week. Um, 
But I mean, that might just be the legend of Mariah Carey getting bigger as she, you know, was around longer. Um, because yeah, this song is huge. Everyone knows this song. Yeah. Yeah. Um. With uh. But and then you know what was interesting is that. Like they only did that song. Well, that was the only single that they worked on together. He, I think there's another song on that album that they did together. Mm-hmm. But um, I worked with Lil' Kim and then, you know, another that kind of like further pushed him into that different sphere is with Usher. Yeah. Um, that was the, what, the My Way album, correct? Yeah. Now with... This is this like my way was the first time I heard of Usher. I don't know about this self, oh, the, the self titled one <laughs> to where like he is too young to be singing these songs. <laughs> uh, so if you guys listen to Usher's first album, simply titled Usher. Yeah, he was way too young. He's too young to be. It came out in 94. He was he was 16. Yeah. Um, And songs produced by. uh. Devonte Swain and Albie Shore, and if you're familiar with their uh, antics, no, not antics, but <laughs> but with their music, like, yeah, he he was too young to be singing those songs, and I think uh, Jermaine Dupri taking on the 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 challenge. I think if My Way wasn't successful, we would have never heard from Usher again. Probably. Um. So uh, that is a it's 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 one of the more it it should be appreciated more how how important this album was, like not only for Usher's career, but I guess for having just for Mm R&B having a pop appeal to it. Yeah, this is definitely one of those albums that you want to um, that you want to check out, you know, uh or just go back to it. Well, I mean, or, I know you know, to, to go back and, and listen to it. We've thrown around this term a lot, but it what this was a classic. Like all joking yeah. aside, <laughs> this was an R and B classic. And the song My Way is an R and B classic track. And it's probably one that I will go and add to my R and B standards playlist. Uh I, one I think one that you should add to your R and B standards playlist. Uh a song that like I like My Way, but you make me wanna had no, he- yeah, you make heavy, another song with that's heavy rotation, mm-hmm. and it's uh, well, okay, help me out with this. Is that a real acoustic guitar or a keyboard? I think we talked about this one. I, I think that's fake. Okay. Like now, <laughs> the thing that made me think it was real is because I was able to play it on guitar, mm. and typically, people who write guitar parts on keyboard write them in, in which way it's difficult to play them but yeah this is this is keyboard okay <laughs> okay I can kind of hear yeah. it now okay um, but this was um, yeah it was one of those songs that to where I think this this is this is Jermaine Dupree sound like this is one of those songs to where you um where it defined his sound mm-hmm. uh, as far as the mid-tempo you know I think he's as far as an R&B songwriter he's underrated I yeah. think a lot of people more associate him with hip-hop mm-hmm. but 
he's actually shown to be a a very good pop songwriter. Mm-hmm. I agree. And um, having that keyboard acoustic guitar sound, because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean this was and it was having popular. and having the the I don't know what you what kind of what you would call the the like the bass to this song. Well, just um, the bass line that he has. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it's all synth. I don't think there's any real instruments in here. I mean, well, but, well, but nice. that but that bass line that this the the using the synth bass, mm-hmm. you know, it's um and having some um it's some it's something to where you would play this in your car, yeah, and and really turn up the bass to it and it kind of adds a different dynamic to it. No, yeah, it's a song you can get down to. Yeah. Um. Yeah this this was the this was the first song I heard by Usher. And then another another really well written bridge. Like, yeah. Like that's where I give him the props because I've heard there's a lot of R and B. I should say R and B too, but like a lot of just producers who are hip hop cannot write a decent bridge to save their life. <laughs> and it's so sad. You like you listen to them it's like oh god it's awkward because they're not used to writing them because usually in a, in a hip hop song. Or a straight R and B song, there aren't you know, there's no bridge or there's a rap break or something like that. But like Jermaine Dupree was like they were writing really good bridges to songs. Yeah. Um another song written with Manuel Seal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um <clears throat> and uh like I said, it's as far as like a pop album, an R and B album with pop appeal, uh, this is definitely one of those. Uh so people should go back and listen to it and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um. Another. Uh, wait, I lost it. I was looking for. Um, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> Just lost my train of thought. I thought I was. Um, okay. Um. Like well, like I said, he only has one Grammy, and he actually like. The, the early 2000s, I guess after like the, well, the glitter fiasco with Mariah Carey, I, I think he, he brought Mariah Carey back from the brink with the emancipation from me, the emancipation of Mimi mm-hmm. album. Uh, I don't know if she would have just faded away after glitter. Cause glitter, all right. So glitter was before glitter was after, um, uh, God, what's the name of that song? The one where she did Heartbreaker, that was after Heartbreaker, right? Glitter? Yeah. Okay, so yeah, you're right. She would have she would have disappeared. Well, Glitter Glitter had Heartbreaker on it. Did it Heartbreak? You were in the... Because they had another song that Jay-Z guested on. He did a lot of guest spots back then. Wait, what? Okay. Maybe Heartbreaker was, oh, was not it Rainbow? Glitter. I think it was... I thought it was Rainbow. Okay, never mind. Was it, was it Rainbow? Uh... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Rainbow. Okay, because Rainbow, then you had, um, before Rainbow, you had Butterfly. Um, no, yeah, you had Butterfly, number one. And then Charm Bracelet was after. Was after Rainbow. Was after Rainbow. Well, no, that was Glitter. After Glitter was after Rainbow, but that was, I think that was the soundtrack to that movie, right? Yeah. <clears throat> that god awful soundtrack. <laughs> um,. Like who told her to make that? Like who was just like, oh, that's a good, that's a good idea. 
Yeah. Um, Hopefully it wasn't Jermaine Dupree. Nah, he's smarter than that. Um, okay, so I'm trying to remember what was on Charm Bracelet, though. Oh, God, that was, okay. I remember that. That was when she did that really, really awful cover of Bringing on the Heartache. Or Bringing on the Heartache Heartbreak. by um, Def Leppard. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, I remember that now. Yeah. Um <clears throat> So, yeah, uh, the Emancipation of Mimi <laughs> brought Mariah Carey back from the brink, I believe. Uh, we Belong Together mm-hmm. was a big song. Uh, Shake It Off. Um, it's like that. Uh, don't Forget About Us. I don't know if that, that might have been just considered a bonus track. Um, oh, I'm sorry. It was the Platinum Edition. Yeah, the Platinum Edition bonus track. But that was another big single. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I think it further. I don't think he got a lot. He got enough credit for that. Really. Um, it was. Uh, it won best contemporary R and B album, mm-hmm. and it won for best R and B song. Uh, it was nominated for album of the year. We Belong Together was nominated for Record of the Year and Song of the Year. Which is funny because it had that classic, that classic um, Jermaine Dupri sound. That song yeah. did. Yeah. And he. That, he was, that acoustic guitar keyboard sound. And he made it, but, he made it work. But yeah. <laughs> In 2008. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, that, that may be his most successful song. Um, I mean, people still play jump in movies. Um, yeah, you'll hear, uh, just kicking it on, on radio stations on flashback Fridays here in Atlanta. Yeah, probably. But, um, we belong together is huge. Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, some people might just say that, you know, some people may think that Mariah Carey wrote that all by herself. (laughs) Nope. <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm sure she worked with them on it, but like it was, yeah, that was a good track. Yeah. Um. So, what do you think is the how should uh, Jermaine Dupri be remembered as far as his career? I would hope that he's remembered as because I mean, like I know I started out saying super producer, but you know, the more that we've talked about it, I, I, I guess I have realized he is more than just a super producer. He's also a really talented writer. Yeah. Um, and so I just hope he's remembered as a producer, writer, rapper, because I've never heard him sing. I'm going to assume he can't sing, but producer, um, producer, writer, um, maybe a Timbaland before Timbaland existed, you know, yeah, kind of the prototype. Um, certainly in my opinion, a better writer than Timbaland, um, better producers is questionable, but definitely a better writer. Um, seeing that, you know, one of Timbaland's biggest singles, he didn't even write, which was apologize. Um, he just took some, he just remixed remixed it it and put it in it, you know, and (laughs) and featuring Timbaland, like, no, no. So, um, which I mean, don't get me wrong. Timbaland's done some, some great things, but I mean, like as a writer to take an idea and like really develop it and all that, like Jermaine Dupri is probably one of the, one of the better ones at it. And when I kept talking about like, um, I kept talking about bridges that, you know, hip hop producers try to write. The one that keeps coming to mind was one that the Neptunes did for Madonna. I cannot think of the name of the song, but they had to write a bridge for her. It was Madonna and, and Kanye West on her album. Um, 
Yeah, you didn't know they did a song together, did you? No. Yeah, Madonna and Kanye West, produced by the Neptunes. Um, I don't even have it on their list, so I, yeah. yeah. It's it was um, but it's uh, like they tried to write a bridge and it wasn't very good. And did they bring in Jermaine Dupree for it? They should have. Oh, <laughs> they should have. Um, now I gotta find the name of this song because it's gonna bother me if I don't. Um, I think their album is Rebel Heart. Oh, called Beat Goes On. Yeah, it's really okay. it's very popular. We have to listen to it later. Yeah, but um, but yeah. So hopefully he's remembered as as just a really talented person, producer, writer, artist. Yeah, um, I I agree with you there. Uh, just looking at his production discography, uh, you know, like I said, he's if he's he may be more associated with hip hop, but mm-hmm. as far as being a songwriter for R and B pop, uh. And he's under underappreciated, underrated, mm-hmm. I think. Um, you know, a lot of people like he even though he, he did write one of the um man, it's people listen to the song and think of something, but it actually means something else. It's like the worst proposal song ever. Oh, what song? Uh Let's Get Married by Jagged Edge. Oh god. <laughs> Oh, I forgot he That's, did. He did give us Jagged Edge. I I'm, forgot I'm that. sorry. That is the worst proposal song ever. Guys, if you're going to propose, do not play that song. Don't have that song play in the background. Don't have your friends singing it. We Don't use no younger, it. We might as well do this. That's that's so disrespectful. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get married because we're just going to get older. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's not a good reason. I want to know the percentage of breakups um or the percentage of divorces that where the proposal included that song you know he calls himself a player too he's like these so-called players wouldn't tell you this saying that he's a player but girl let's get married mm. meet me at the altar in your white dress see that's we ain't getting no younger we might as well do this <laughs> i've been feeling you for a while i must confess <laughs> That is, oh my God, this song is sounding more and more terrible. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> don't, don't do it, guys. Don't use that song. It's not, let's plan this out and invite our families. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah. Don't do it. Um, so, yeah, but I think as a, as a pop songwriter, he should, um, he should have some recognition. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, you know, um. Yeah, and he he helped put Atlanta on the map. And in the coming months, there will be other artists that um, or other other producers from Atlanta or or you know originating in Atlanta mm-hmm. that that will bring up you know will there there'll probably be a Dallas Austin episode, oh, yeah. uh, an organized noise episode. Um, I don't know about Mike Will made it. <laughs> too soon. <laughs> might be too soon for that. Is 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 Metro from Atlanta? Yeah, he is also a Metro boomer. Might yeah. be too soon for him too. If you don't trust you, I'll shoot you. <laughs> Maybe we should gain his trust first. Yeah. Otherwise future will shoot yeah. us. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, that will do it for our discussion on Jermaine Dupree. Um yeah, I just find him to be to be underrated a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um so we'll get to my earworm of the week. Oh. Uh, Christmas themed earworms. 
and um I have a song in my head that I think it's gonna be, but I don't know. We'll see if it is. I'm probably no. wrong. I'm probably wrong. I, I don't know what you're getting at here. Uh, so, um, actually, one of my one of my favorites, and I hear it every. I didn't know who did the song for the longest time, uh, and I've actually never watched the specials, the Charlie Brown specials. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, Christmas time is here by the Vince Guaraldi Trio. Okay. Uh, is definitely one of my favorites. So um, we'll play that. Christmas Time is Here by the Vince Guaraldi Trio, more associated with A Charlie Brown Christmas. And uh, yeah, we'll be right back. That is Christmas Time is Here by the Vince Guaraldi Trio from A Charlie Brown Christmas, which I have still never have seen. Neither have I. <laughs> I, have, I've, I mean, I haven't really seen many Christmas movies other than like the Santa Claus and not two or three, just one. <laughs> I haven't seen two or I've, three. I, yeah, I, I kind of remember the second one. Who was in the second one? I know Martin Short was in one of them as Jack Frost. He the the most recent one, whatever the third one was. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I think with the second one, um, I think with the second one he had to get married. Oh, okay. Or he couldn't be the Santa Claus anymore. Okay. Well, I mean, does Die Hard count? I hear people say that Die Hard. People say movie. Die Hard is a Christmas movie because the first two are at Christmas, right? Like the first I know the well, I've I I know the first one is the only ones I've seen are 
I've seen the first one, but only like once. I saw Die Hard with a Vengeance, the one with Samuel L. Jackson. I know that wasn't at Christmas, but I've seen it like 10 times at least. That's the next best one to the first one. Like, it's really good. (laughs) And the one that had Justin Long, Live Free or Die Hard, which I keep calling Live Free or Die Trying. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, that was Uh, definitely not at Christmas. He knocked down a helicopter with a car. They ran out of things to do, man. And I haven't even seen the the recent one where it's his son is in Russia. Snooze fest. Don't watch it. Oh, okay. It's it's horrible. We, we I I fell asleep on it. Matt fell asleep on it. Like multiple people fell asleep on it. Okay. Um. Yeah. So. Russia. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Actually, like that, that reminded me. Like a like. Some people do say that Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. Um. And I was uh looking up some Christmas hip hop songs. There's a Christmas version of Players Ball by Outcast. Really? And it has like, you know, the bells, you know, the sleigh bells that mm-hmm. are in the background of a lot of songs. That means it's a Christmas song. Yeah. So there's that out there. Huh. Okay. <laughs> um But yeah, guys, that's gonna do it for this particular episode. Uh again, you can follow us on Instagram by the time you hear this, spelled with the letter U. Because we're urban and I'm making a you with my hand. You can't see me, but you know, University of Miami, yeah. <laughs> uh, the same spelling for our email address. By the time you hear this at gmail.com, send us your, uh, send us your music. I guess if you're an independent artist, we'll talk uh, about it. Yeah. You might not we'll, like it, but we'll talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we, uh, also have Facebook by the time you hear this. Uh, by facebook.com slash by the time you hear this with the regular spelling of the of the word you it's with the word you yeah and uh follow our playlist b-t-t-y-h-t that is our hashtag but if you search that on spotify you can find all of our playlists mm-hmm. um we don't have a playlist for every episode but for a lot of them yeah and um uh, subscribe and download our podcasts either through iTunes, Podomatic, or the Satchel Podcast Player. And uh, well, we'll already we'll just let you know right now what our next episode is going to be. Um, oh, yeah, I believe are. our um, our list will be more timely. It, it's it's more reflective of the mm, entire year. You've heard everything, almost. <laughs> so <laughs> it will be another installment of Because Five. And it'll mm-hmm. be our top five songs of 2016. We're going to wrap it up, B. Yeah. We're going to wrap it up. There might do like, there are a lot of memes about how New York guys talk. Mm-hmm. And, like uh, dead ass. And- <laughs> <laughs> someone made a, someone made a video. Like it was a parody of a uh, thousand miles. Yeah. Well, like, yeah. Make it made downtown. <laughs> fucking fast faces. Pass and I'm dead, dead ass. ass. Yeah. <laughs> I saw a B with that with those words, and it was some some Tim's with some uh, wheels on it, like yeah. the Heelys. Mm-hmm. I saw that too. <laughs> oh, uh, New Yorkers. Anyway, um, that's gonna do it for our episode, and we have to end it with our topics, uh, uh, production from our topic, Jermaine Dupree. Um, any suggestions? Hmm. Um, what have you played? Did he produce Nice and Slow? Was that him too? Yeah. Yeah, let's play some Nice and Slow. 
Nice and Slow by Ursher. And thank you for listening. And we'll talk to you very, very soon. Uh, Okay. Yeah. So, yes, now we will talk to you very soon. Contemplating where I'm going